I can't wait for this Jonathan Kaminga combo. Vibes are right enough that Chris and I can get a little bit spicy. Not as spicy as De'Aaron Fox, though, in the rivalry question. Oh, my goodness. You never know. That poor guy, man, because, like, De'Aaron, the thing that makes me laugh most about that is De'Aaron definitely knows. I've never seen that guy before. He's definitely Warriors media. Yeah. To say, have you not heard what me and my teammates have said? <laughs> no. No, I definitely have not heard what you and your teammates have said and because I'm not checking for it. And then, I'm getting like, cooked. But and I'll tell you what. So I'm going to go back and forth. No, I, and, well, I was going to say, I'll tell you what. Maybe, and I know we're we're putting a bow on it. It feels like, honestly, it feels, this has not been a long week, but it feels like we were talking oh, no, about, it feels like we were talking about Podium Gate. It feels like that was two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. That was this Wednesday. This is the 74th Wednesday. day of January. It really is. <laughs> it really that, is. that was Wednesday. So I wonder now, and after De'Aaron has to go through this long road trip, it might be a welcome sight coming yeah. back home and dealing, because I've never heard, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. obviously, you've been part of Sacramento media longer than me. I've Not this season, De'Aaron's never been in a back and forth. When De'Aaron speaks, when any of the players speak, oh, yeah. The media members just let them finish. Yeah. I've never that was a back and forth. Yes. Like we heard with Luca the other day. Well, you know, it's the middle of the season, you know. Tensions but I'm just are high. saying, I'm just saying maybe it puts it in perspective. And not that he it was ever about the media. It sure wasn't. But it's just, hey, if I gotta go out there, these guys are are lobbing me pick yeah. questions here. They're not going back. About a rivalry yeah. question, yeah. and you don't even know me, brother. And you're coming <laughs> back and saying, Well, did you hear this? Yeah. And or or De'Aaron's coming. It, it was, to be fair. As much as, you know, you kind of said, talked about the guy who asked the question and we talked about De'Aaron getting a little bit spicy. I do think if you're you're sitting down, you get a question from somebody you don't know you're not, and you're trying to tell me, it's different if maybe somebody from Sacramento was trying to say, hey, you sure about this? De'Aaron? They have a rapport. Sure. Right? Yeah. Because De'Aaron, he sees them in there every single day, really, yeah. almost every single day. I don't know you. Actually, I'm just I'm just getting back to talking to media anyway. Mm -hmm. I'm not really trying to do this back and forth. So I would just say maybe De'Aaron gets back and says, Hey, you know, I'm actually I'm actually happy to be back because I don't have to do any ping pong back and forth <laughs> debates yeah. with people when I'm in Sacramento. Yeah, no, I thought I was gonna say when we were talking and this is hopefully the last we ever have to talk about this, but I think uh the thing that I would tell De'Aaron to do with his media time moving forward is just Whatever it is that you do, whether it's be quiet or give short answers or go back and forth with the reporters, I just think he needs to figure out how to make that media session productive for mm -hmm. him because it's clear that he doesn't want to do it. But as we've talked at nausea, it's a requirement at, to some extent for him to do it. So if you have to do it and it's not going away anytime soon, you might as well figure out how to make it productive for you. So if he's always felt this way and just has never, you know, not just necessarily about this. He's always felt like, you know, you guys ask me these things. And if you really want to know, like I can go back and forth with you and, and go back and forth, but right. I'd rather just give you a trash answer and, you know, keep yeah. pushing with the day. So well, maybe, maybe this is just De'Aaron. I say all that to say, maybe this is De'Aaron, a new leaf for De'Aaron. We saw him be a lot more positive on that practice scrum as well. Maybe he's just like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to do what I want to do in this time. Cause this media no, session is about me anyway. Yeah, no, if that's how you – I don't that's have a fine. problem no, with no, no, I weren't saying the back that. and forth. If that's how you want to get down, get down. I think you should lean into the rivalry while you can because the Warriors are on the down the downslope and yeah. once Steph is gone, 
It might be, it might, the, the big brother might be, be in Sacramento here. Thing. So I, I get it, but I'm just saying, yeah, if that's how De'Aaron wants to approach it, look, it gives us something to talk about. Sure it's better than saying, if you think it's a rivalry, it's a rivalry. So I'm not going to yeah. complain about right. what De'Aaron said. I just think that, you know me, I love drama. Yeah. I watch a lot of reality TV, not yeah, more time. than Simone, <laughs> but I watch a lot of reality TV. By the way, before we get to TC, Simone, somebody in the sack chat, when I said if the Kings had lost in another buzzer beater, you would have been on the mic because I would have called in sick. Somebody on the sack chat said that would have been that would have been great if uh, Simone on the mic I for know. four hours is not a I bad thing at all. Vanderpump. That's not that's not what I was saying at all. No. Unless you were gonna talk Vanderpump for four oh. hours, which I can't speak to. You should, you know, get your podcast going on. I know. I got to. I got to. I, I was will. thinking, because I was thinking to do one, honestly, maybe for all my reality TV shows or uh, doing one in. on uh, MTV The Challenge. I really quickly want to let you guys know that Traders show on Peacock right now, fantastic. And it's Big Brother, Survivor, what? The Challenge, oh, tra- Real oh, Housewives, tra- like, Traders. I was like yeah. Traders, like, I see. It's like yes. an American Pickers yeah, or something. So they're kind of doing what yes. MTV it's a, The Challenge it's a lot did. Like, We're going to bring in everybody from other places. Kyle said it beautifully. It's um, Among Us. So everyone, you know, there's certain yeah. people that are... Um, Compromising the rest of the group, okay. and it is fantastic. Okay, you got your boy we CT got, in yeah, there. We, got CT we and had bananas, bananas in there, right? was in there. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, what? Yeah. Yes, yeah, CT's oh, in sign me up. Yeah, say less. And then yeah, they're squaring off with the housewives just because they're housewives. They're like they lie the most. Yeah, blah blah blah. And it gets me games. all You're activated. You're watching this too? No, I just heard. You need I've seen. To. I've seen the trailers. You I need to. Wow. All right. All right. I will. I will definitely get into that. Nine one six three three nine eleven forty. If you want to be part of the conversation, all guests and callers join us from the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Let's get out to TC. Wants to have a part of the conversation. What's up, TC? You know what it is. Styles and Watkins, what you got for us? Man, Styles and Watkins, man, just vibing, man. Real real quick, hey, listen, that was a big win for the Kings last night. We, uh, hey, and the kicky crumbled our way last night, man. I, I, I love that to see the band back together. As far as... um. As far as, I don't know, man, as, as far as the whole media and De'Aaron situation, I don't know what's going on with that situation, bro, but I'm going to leave it alone. But mm-hmm. as, as far as the uh, the rivalry, it is a rivalry, bro. I'm, uh, stop underplaying it, overplaying it, have people to, it's a rivalry, bro. We're trying to beat the Warriors. We're trying to get the championships. We're trying to do that. And it's a back and forth with these guys. They right up the street. It's a rivalry. So I know the whole, oh, it's not a rivalry. We're underplaying it. Stop lying. Stop lying to everybody. If you don't want to say it, then you don't have to say it. But the fact is, bro, it is a rivalry. The Niners tomorrow, Kyle, don't get in your way, Shanahan, and be smart because Dan Campbell is on you. Seriously, if he slips up, the Lions will win, and Dan Campbell will get us. If not, the Niners win tomorrow, 27-16. That's my score. That's all I'm out. Come on. Wow. Come on. Mic drop. TC. Oh, mic drop action. No, okay. you know, and TC, I, I, I love it. That's Again, I think it's a rivalry. And maybe it's, I think they might, I think it might be a troll job by the Kings and the Warriors to just continue to say it's not a rivalry, <laughs> then keep giving us cinematic finishes every single time they play. So maybe, maybe just maybe they're just, doing it on purpose, knowing that we're, regardless of whatever they say, we're still going to believe it's a rivalry. I just think that for the promotion of the Kings and the promotion sure. of the Kings brand, I would lean into it. But I lean into everything. That's yeah. just who I am. I'm just curious if, like, I mean, would, would Kings fans, maybe not Kings fans, but I guess 
It's got to be two sided though, right? Because that's the thing that I think is tough about this. I don't know if I I don't know if the Warriors are going to view the Kings as one of their main Warriors rivals. players or Warriors fans. Both Warriors fans definitely do. Okay, that's that's they a good step. Definitely do. They're because they I mean, try and act like we're we're not on the radar. Be, at all. No, they're on they're on me, and okay. I don't know if it's because of my background, but right. they're on me. I'm gonna tell you that right now, and they've and I've seen. The, the different muses. There was a muse battle. Yes. It was Keegan Muse versus Looney Muse. And there was uh, King's Muse. There was a Pod Muse. Pod, Pajensky Muse. Pajensky Muse. Don't get me started Barnes on him. Muse. And you're Barnes like, wait, how long is this account been here? And that was created in 2024. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it is a rivalry with both fan bases yeah. because the as soon as I see it, Right, I got buddies. I got I got my buddy Kenny King Jr., who's big Raiders guy. Go check out his content if he if you are a Raiders fan. But Kenny King is posting. Well, what's your resume look like? I mean, as the clock hits zeros, you just just sit and wait, and <laughs> yeah. it just it fills itself out. Do you feel like real quick, mm-hmm. like? So the reason why I asked is the war because the Warriors were good, the Kings were bad. I don't think it was a rivalry when that was the case. Mm-hmm. And where I'm getting at here is. Kings are on the upswing. Yeah. Warriors are definitely on the downswing. Is this just like the only two-year pocket where this is going to be relevant possible. is the question That's also. Saying, it's that like intersection. Yeah, it's like it's, it's very possible, like, but I do think there will always because be. Because next year, if the Kings are significantly better, why should we think about the Like, it, it, the, the tables get turned. Like, why be, should we be thinking about the Warriors? I mean, do we all? have to? I mean, I would, I would say that. There will always be how how should There's I put this? There's gonna be this? connective tissue. There's still There's connective always tissue, be connected with, the, tissue. With the Lakers too. But but is it is it similar to if the Clippers? I know they're in the same city, yeah. but if the Clippers ended up just if the Lakers just went in the tank yeah. again, LeBron goes off to Portland yeah. with Bronny and the Clippers win the whole thing, and they're just beating the brakes off the Lakers. Yeah. I think Clipper fans would always enjoy it. Would it be both ways? No. Yeah. I hear you, so, but I th- it's a little brother thing. Yeah. The little brother is going to always enjoy every chance to beat up Big Brother, even th- if Big Brother is old okay. and tired yeah. and on AARP. So you would argue then, and I'm workshopping this, like a rivalry is almost like a volcano, where it's some. It's just sometimes it's more active, yes. and sometimes it's dormant. Yes. Sometimes it'll be dormant for 110 years. Yeah. Sometimes it'll be dormant for three years. Right. And sometimes it's bubbling. Sometimes it's incredibly explosive and it's burning everything in mm-hmm. sight. But, uh, okay, I can live with that. The reason, I, I that. mean. Because it feels like the Lakers rivalry right now is dormant. Like, it feels like it might be with the Kings. bubbling. But, yeah, like, I yeah. mean, obviously, it was 100% a rivalry you in need the a early 2000s. Series. But yeah. they had two. And that's also where I feel like. The Kings Warriors might be just shy of being a bona fide certified rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's still one more match, and I think that's and kind you might of not the get it. And you just might not get it. Yeah, you might not get it. And but I do think that rivalries aren't just based on the teams. I think that there is something to be said about the city of Sacramento versus the Bay Area. I think all of that matters, yeah. right? I think the same way the Bay Area may look at, or it is perceived that the Bay Area looks at Sacramento a certain way, I think is the same reason Dodgers-Giants is always significant sure. even when the Giants stink, right? Right, And the Dodgers are just having their way because it's L.A. versus NorCal, and L.A. thinks they're Hollywood and all this. Yeah. And now I would say in that regard – now, San Francisco, Bay Area, they feel a little bit Little Brother-esque yes, to definitely. 
to Southern California. So that is why it's, it's always levels. a big deal. <laughs> right. They're, they're ding, ding, ding. Yeah. There's, you know, there's always something. LA's else. like, we're the real big city. Exactly. Like, so oh, there, okay, it, the rivalries go deeper than simply just how good the teams are. Sure. But That's I true, do yeah. agree that if the Warriors just go in the tank, and they won't because they have Jonathan Kaminga, yeah. which we're about to talk about. <laughs> if they go in the tank, then that might be an issue. All right, got to get to a break. When we get back, continuing the conversation, and Chris and I go after it about Jonathan Kaminga. And can this finally be the game? Is this the game where the Kings turn the corner? Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Jonathan Kaminga. 31 points. He was a plus 16, 5 of 6 from the line. 2 of 4 from 3-point land, 12 of 19. Coming off a game, he went 11 for 11. I believe he had 25 or 27 points the game before. And, you know, Chris, he was a matchup nightmare for the Kings. That that was a problem. That was a problem. It's not great. He's a big body. He's got a long wingspan. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, you know, incredibly athletic, and uh, that's a problem. That's a real problem, especially when you're locking in on Steph, and, you know, Steph will draw a double team, and then you give it a wide-open Draymond. Draymond will cut the lane. I mean, you saw how Kaminga got that lob yesterday. That's that's what he's there to do is to finish around the rim. Feels like he's figured it out. Well, he the thing is – at least that part. The now. thing is, he wants to be. He wants to evolve his bag, right? If you see yeah. him on social media, he's posting. He's by the way, a career high thirty-one last night for Kaminga. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But you know that was expected, according to uh, Warriors media. Right. But, right. 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 But Harrison Barnes, thirty-nine points, just wild. It, without that, the Warriors, Out of the yeah, the Warriors win easily 15. by, by fifteen. It's like the Clippers game last year. Little Clippers light. Mm-hmm. People said that. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. That uh, yeah, there was there was some high level shot making for sure. Oh, definitely. I mean, you, it looked like everybody. Like we said, look, Warrior fans have been incredibly annoyed <laughs> with Corey Joseph, and that yeah. dude was two for two from three point land. That's what I'm saying. Everybody We've seen that movie before. Everybody leveled up. But, you know, Chris, I just don't understand how you can see what Jonathan Kaminga did. Mm-hmm. When you love a guy like that, long, rangy, sure? athletic, and you're you are not moved by the growth that we've seen by Jonathan Kaminga. No, I don't think that he should be a scorer. I, I think if he's going to be your primary scorer, I just don't think that that's the right role for him at all. And and that seems to be what they've leaned into with him coming off the bench. And, you know, it, it feels like when he's out there, they really try and feed him in those non-Steph minutes. And he's a good finisher. He's really, really good. Again, he's really athletic, and he's he's figured out timing. And Steve Kerr talked about it in the pregame. He's just been a lot more decisive. He He's not messing around. We saw Jalen Johnson the other day, uh, you know, kind of not get fully to the rim and settling for – floaters and you know 10 foot jumpers and things like that Kaminga's cut all that stuff out of his game shout out him he's a really good finisher around the rim I just I don't see anything else he's he is a terrible team defender he's the reason the Kings won yesterday straight up that that wide open Sabonis dunk you know why he was so wide open because Jonathan Kaminga literally just stood at the three-point line and watched the play develop right in front of his face he is no – that's why Steve Kerr keeps taking him out. Warrior fans are like, why is Kaminga being pulled in the fourth quarter when he's got all these points? Well, look at Carl Anthony Towns with 62 the other day, and Chris Finch still pulls him. It's because you need to play defense, brother. 
He does Dominated play defense. Out. He plays on ball defense. Yeah, he plays on ball defense. Yeah, he's also he's big Davion Mitchell. He's also twenty one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's he, yeah. That's great. He's twenty one years old. He's hyper athletic. Yeah. He is a. What's he, he gonna look like without Steph and Draymond? Chris, and, he's a matchup nightmare. There is was he? nobody on the team. You talk Last about no bag all the time. No, he doesn't. That man's got zero no, moves. Baby Giannis. Zero baby moves. Giannis. Zero moves. No. Chris. Zero. No, he doesn't have zero moves. He, I mean, in terms of a, a an Allen Styles defined bag, no, there he doesn't is not, have a bag. There is no bag. No, he does not have a bag. He's a better shooter. He's got. He's, he's a better shooter than those. A lot of guys with his athleticism. <sighs> not that I'm relying on. No, but you're not going to rely he can on hit it. Hit a three. He can, you're going to have to respect it. 31 percent this year from three. You think he's a bust? I just, no, I don't think he's a bust. I think that was I don't I won't say it's wrong. I would say it was right at the time. He was definitely trending towards a bust. But this is also like five games of twenty points. I mean, he has been fed the ball more than I have ever seen Jonathan Kaminga fed the ball. Because no he's doing one great. can hold him right now. He's doing great. I mean, he's figured out how to score on offense. I think it's I do I'm it might sound like I'm being sarcastic, but that's great for him. It's huge for his development to be able to score. But what else is he giving you? Did he have even three rebounds yesterday? What did he do yesterday uh, besides his 31 points? He had three but, assists, three rebounds. But, but okay, but I don't know. This is where I'm g- going to go Jim Park here. But this is where I think that the <laughs> problem is they don't know what they want Kaminga to be. He needs to okay. get – to me – Sure. Yeah, no, yeah. to me, no, Chris – No, no, no. I think, no, no, no. I think the be- – I'm not saying he can be a, a first or second option. I'm not saying superstar. Okay. Right? I'm saying that he can be a guy that maybe he messes around, Where gets an all-star picked? here. He was seven, I believe. He was So in the HB spot. Yes. He yes, yeah. he had the, he was the same pick, and that's why HB clamped him up to end the game. Your boy on the T-Wolves, Jaden McDaniels. Yes. He can be Jaden McDaniels. Okay. Jaden McDaniels. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I just don't think – I mean, that's what I, I think he's – but he could be a With little bit better. Sure. He could be a little bit better. Yeah, come on, Chris. I don't see it defensively. I just don't see the – I don't think – to me, he's literally focused on the wrong thing. Like, the fact that he's scoring so much tells me he doesn't get it. Like, that's, that's not – That's not his fault, though. You got Looney out there that can't score. I think it Draymond is Draymond can't score. I think they've been trying to turn him into a role – into, like, a useful role player his entire career, and he has not bought into playing a role. He wants to be a scorer, which is fine. He wants you to see cook. He can, that's great. But he can cook and so, he can defend. They just traded Jordan Poole because all he wanted to do was cook. They need Jordan role. Poole. No, come on now. He's, you can't comp- He's around Chris, Steph no, Curry, Chris, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. I just Clay don't, Thompson I think is that a they brick can right use now. something besides scoring. They, Clay Thompson's a brick right now. Draymond's a brick right now. <laughs> they can use some defense. They allowed the Kings to score 134. He's guarding, each team's, need more offense. He's guarding the other team's best player. He, I said he's a good point of attack defender. That's it. Again, like he's, so he's got the Dave, him, What do you call him? Six, I, nine, I said Davion he, Mitchell? That's exactly what I said. Come on, Chris. I literally said exactly no, no, that. No, Chris. I, that's crazy. Defensively, that's I mean he he I mean please Davion Mitchell is honestly way better of an off ball defender than Jonathan Kaminga. I'm telling you, okay, that's I'm fine. just I'm letting you know why he has been pulled in those moments. Why it does he's scoring no, points. That's good for him. Okay, so but it doesn't mean that he is becoming a better overall basketball. He is becoming a better overall basketball player. How could he's you say scorer. he's not? He's, he's being a better scorer. Like I mean, yeah, he's, because he already had. Okay, Chris. If he's not going to be a number one or two scorer, he's got to be a role player. Yes, and he can – yes, Chris, he can be – what are we – Brock Purdy, an elite role player. Okay, 
D- team or he wants to be defense. Michael Porter Jr. No, he, maybe, but like that's the role he wants to have. It not in terms of shooting, Chris, but like he wants to okay, score, and that's it. On ball defending, you've already given him that. Yeah, scoring. He, I don't know where you're at with this scoring. You're confusing me with this scoring. He can score around the rim. That's it. I mean, literally all of his shots come around the rim. He hit four. He took four threes. He hit two of them yesterday. Good on him. I don't think anyone expects that from Jonathan Kaminga. Chris. Uh, 31% this year from three on just under four attempts. But this Last is, but year, you 37% add, no, 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 on but just this under is, four. Rookie year, 33% on four Chris, and a half. Chris, but this is a flip. This is turning into a flip. Again, they're asking him to do something else. First, they want him. I don't think that's on But him. what I'm saying is his tools are. Are, like, it's great that he can score. Again, we see HB can score. That's great. That's yeah. awesome. But what they really need is for him to do other things because they have but gaps like what, that they, Chris? like, defend, like be a good rotational defender, be a good team defender, yeah. uh, maybe move the ball a little. Like, I, I think that there's other They're things. Telling they him him to to They're telling yes. him to cook. They're telling him to cook. Okay. You want him to play hot potato with Draymond? No, I just want him to get deflections. I want him to like be an active defender. I want him to draw a charge or two. Uh, like so you him wouldn't to kick it out. For, you wouldn't wing. trade for him. Uh, depends what the value is, but yeah, I mean, you wouldn't trade HB for for Kaminga. I would because that's a good restart. It's a good like, hey, that's Harder a young for Kaminga. Sure, yeah. I think the Kings need someone like Kaminga's things, but again, if he's going to be a scorer, the Kings don't need another scorer. They if he's going to be a six. Eight I don't think they know what span. he's going to be. I don't think they know what he's going to be. But I think that's because Kaminga won't work with them. But, Chris, nobody could guard him last night. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody could guard him last night. When Ste- Yeah, like as a, as a secondary, you know, Steph's not out. Like, but I don't think he's he can be. create his own shot. Also, right. like, he's not creating any of his own. Yet. All right, Kami- er, Kaminga. He's getting to Simone the rim. Kaminga's Kaminga saying we got to go. Simone is saying we got to go. When we get back, we will be joined by Jeff Iafredi, who will talk to us about the Lions. He is a host of a Lions podcast, Crunch Time with Jeff Iafredi and Booner. That is coming up next. And then we will break down the Niners and, of course, more Kings as they get ready for the Mavs tomorrow. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. We are back and we are joined by somebody in the great state of Michigan. Jeff Iafrady covers all things Detroit sports and host of the Crunch Time podcast with Jeff Iafrady and Boone. And you can find that podcast anywhere you find podcasts, also on YouTube. Jeff, thank you for joining us. Styles Watkins, man, I appreciate you guys for having me, man. I'm fired up. It's the biggest week in my lifetime. Right. Uh, I was going to say, huge. man, how does it feel? Just how does it feel? Let's just start there. We'll take a step back. Yeah. How does it feel for you? You can just let it all out. Oh, it's special. It's so special. I mean, having to watch what I've had to watch with the amount of different head coaches, the amount of different GMs, uh, ownership issues. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the last three years, what Dan, Brad, and, and Sheila have done, man, it's it's a breath of fresh air. And to be talking about the Lions in the postseason in January, yeah. th- I know, hey, this you guys are used to this. Yeah, I was like, we, <laughs> we just went through this. <laughs> hey, for me, this is foreign, and I, I can get used to it. Yeah. I can get used to it. Well, let's just start here, you know, Everybody is kind of on your side, right? And and out here, it's it's Niners against the world, and I'm sure we'll get to your take on Brock Purdy. But how does it feel to, I guess, be that feel-good story where is it weird that even some Packers fans are rooting for the Lions? How does that feel as you get ready for the NFC Championship? 
Uh, it's nice, man. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it felt like the story all year was, you know, the um, the little engine that could. The Lions this year, 12-5, and five, winning all the games they've won and, and being in the conversation, being one of the better NFC teams. It's getting to a point now, and they kind of went through this last week, where it went from you're the underdog consistently to you're supposed to beat the Buccaneers. Like, you're mm. supposed to win these games. Yeah. And it's no more like, hey, guys, it's the Lions. They're here. Like, no, they've arrived. And now you're one of the teams like the 49ers where you're just expected to win games. And it's been a fun adjustment for fans as well to be like, hey, we're supposed to beat this team. And now you're facing the biggest test by far this week in the 49ers, a team that I've been talking about all year. I think, you know, that you guys and the Ravens, best team in football. I would argue you guys are the most complete team in football. So for the Lions to be on this stage, to have a shot against the 49ers, to, to advance to the Super Bowl, this is everything. Like, this is what you want for the Lions. A lot of young players and by far the biggest test they face this year besides the Ravens. Jeff, I'm sure you've become well aware, but Jared Goff has a uh, a bad history, frankly, against the the 49ers from his time in in L.A. Uh, what about this Detroit situation gives you confidence that that Jared, uh, you know, will, will will get to the other side of the hump, if you will? Like, what what makes this Lions situation possibly different uh, than some of those other situations that he had uh, in his time in L.A. No, it's a, it's a great question because for me, I, when he first arrived, everybody figured – I mean, I called the man the Mackinac Bridge of quarterbacks So when he first <laughs> got here. I thought he was going to be the quarterback that gets us to the next quarterback. Right. But what what's changed with Jared Goff to me and why I've went away from, man, we, we can't pay this guy and hurt losing a Panay and Amon Ross St. Brown, I've changed my tone on Goff. And, and the reason why is he's turning into a quarterback that you can win because of, which that was the biggest question with Jared Goff, right? Like the Rams won games with him. You know, he got to Detroit. He didn't look great. But now that this team has been built around him, right, the offensive line, to me, they're the best offensive line, one of the the best in the NFL. If he's protected, if he has a run game, we've seen Jared Goff playing point guard, and he's been playing at a high level. I mean, even against the Bucs, they struggled to run the football. And Jared still played lights out and no turnovers. For me, it was always judge this man by the postseason. And so far, he's passed the test for me. So I'm – you know, I'm, I'm over whether they, if the Lions should pay him or not. I just think you have to where the Lions are as a franchise. Mm-hmm. You have stability at the quarterback position, right? Like they have Hendon Hooker they drafted last year. I like Hendon a lot. Yeah, but I the worst too. thing for this fan base to do, for this team to do for this fan base, is to get rid of Goff and regress potentially with Hendon Hooker. It would, it would ruin everything they've built. So for Jared, to me, the difference is they're winning because of him, not just winning with him. That's everything. Talking to Jeff Iafredi covers all things Detroit sports and host of the crunch time podcast with Jeff Ifrady and Boone you know Jeff the way you were discussing that and the Kings had a big matchup so it's a little bit confusing out here because you got the Kings and the Warriors but then everybody roots for the Niners the way you were discussing Jared Goff Chris am I crazy was it giving Harrison Barnes a little bit just a little bit bit, (laughs) you don't know what you got until it's gone you don't want to regress so I'm, I'm seeing some some parallels right there Jeff I mean obviously you talked about it you go from being the underdog to you know what you got Dan Campbell you want to bite some kneecaps I'm sure you're tired of hearing that joke as well how do the Lions actually get this done in your opinion so for me, the offense, uh, they've been a consistent unit the last couple of years with Ben Johnson. They're one of the best in the league. So for me, offensively, they can compete with anybody. My worry, though, defensively, and it's been Lions fans worry all year. It's not just, 
you know, their, their ability to stop the run. Cause they've been excellent at that. It's their secondary. And I know you guys, if, if you've dove into the Lions secondary, it's been bad. We're giving up, you know, at least a hundred yards every single week to an opponent's number one wide receiver, but they're winning. And I, I don't know how they're doing it. It comes down to the red zone defense, but guys like the 49ers, and you guys know this efficient, the most efficient in the red zone. So that's a scary matchup. I think if the Lions are going to win this game, it's going to have to come down to what they do defensively, obviously putting pressure on Brock Purdy, but it's got to be containing Christian McCaffrey. And he's by far the hardest test they faced. They did a pretty good job against Kyron Williams, who I, I love and respect and what he's done with the Rams. Um, but they have to contain the run game and they have to be good in the red zone defensively because the Rams, their first three possessions, they scored in every possession, right. but they were forcing field goals and they weren't uh, allowing touchdowns, which ultimately was the result. That's why they won by one point at the end of the game. So it comes down to that red zone defense, but it is on the road and it is a different test. This isn't at Ford Field. So it's going to be hard. But to me, if they win, it's going to be because of what they do defensively, because offensively, I have confidence that with this offensive line, with this run game, with the weapons and how Ben Johnson and, and schemes uh, schemes things up, I think they'll be able to score points. But can they keep the 49ers out the end zone? I guess we'll find out. Yeah, Jeff, you, you mentioned Ben Johnson there. And it, I it's it's it's. Crappy to ask before, uh, as the season's still going on, but it's just the reality of the situation. Coaching interviews are going on right now, uh, and a big part of success, we dealt with it with the Kings. I mean, the Niners have had to deal with it for years now in the front office and with the coaching staff. Uh, just getting vultured by other teams. With success comes people trying to replicate uh, what you have. And Ben Johnson, like you said, is one of the best uh, offensive coordinators in the NFL. He's a young uh, really trendy name out there in the coaching circuit, but also Aaron Glenn on the defensive end uh, has got his fair share of interviews. What's your confidence level that that this thing can keep going even without Ben Johnson specifically, but uh, as kind of guys get, get pulled from the Lions' uh, successful season, what's your hope that the Lions can keep this thing going? Because you see the Packers are – you know, they're, they're, they're surprising people with how well they played in the playoffs, and they seem like they might uh, be up next. Yeah, the NFC North is uh, – they're coming. They're young teams, they're, but they're on their way. I'm a very vocal Ben Johnson simp. I love Ben Johnson with everything I got. That that man is special. But the reality is, and you guys went through this, if you're a good organization, you're going to lose coaches. Like, that's just what you sign up for. Now, the difference with you guys is you have Kyle Shanahan, who's one of the best head coaches in the league, one of the best play callers. So even if a Mike McDaniel leaves, even if, you know, guys leave around him, you still have the guy. You still have Kyle Shanahan. For us – even though I, I love Dan and, and people bring up the kneecap stuff and he's a meathead. And even though I think he's way smarter than people give him credit for after Ben departs, cause it's not when it's if um, it's not, if it's when you're going to find out a lot about Dan Campbell, because I listen, I think he's a, he's a leader of men. He does a great job, but Ben Johnson, when he started calling plays, Jared Goff's play changed completely. And he, he looked like a very different quarterback. So that's going to be the biggest test. Lions fans have already kind of accepted he's going to leave eventually. Um, even with only two job openings, you, it's hard to not think that one of them is like, hey, we're going to wait on Ben Johnson. We're, we're going to try and get him in here. Um, but it, really, it's going to it's going to come down to, number one, who Dan Campbell replaces him with. Is it going to be somebody in-house that's been learning behind Ben Johnson? Or do you do you go outside the organization? And can finally the Detroit Lions be an organization that produces head coaches? It just does not happen. It's never happened. Guys, it's the place where coaches go to die. <laughs> and now hopefully like a Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn, we can start getting some head coaches out there like you guys have, damn, every near head coach in the NFL. So uh, hopefully we can start doing that as well. 
Yeah, Jared Goff, you know, you saw him prior to Sean McVay, then you saw him with Sean McVay, and it was a completely different story. Same kind of idea here with Ben Johnson as we talk to Jeff Iafrady, who covers all things Detroit sports and host of the Crunch Time podcast with Jeff Iafrady and Boone. All right, Jeff, before we get you out of here, we got to ask, you can pick with your head or pick with your heart. Give us a prediction and give us a score. I promise we won't boo you. All right, so and I'm going to be honest with you, fellas. And I know I know Lions fans are going to hate me. Yeah, I I think they fall short this weekend, the Lions, and that's that's just my opinion. I just don't think the run has been awesome, and I think the the future is very bright. But the 49ers, you guys are in a win now mode. This mm-hmm. is everything for you guys. You're 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 trying to win this year, and I don't know if you saw the the quote leaks the the Ravens and 49ers Super Bowl they got out <laughs> right, there. Right. Um, but and I promise I have nothing to do with that. But I think the Niners <laughs> get it done. I think the Lions keep it competitive. Um, I'll go 30-23. I'll go with the 49ers. But the Lions, they're, they're on their way, and they're going to keep building. There you go, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us. This was outstanding. I'd say good luck, but it's a little bit awkward. <laughs> we kind of want to go to Vegas, but hopefully it's a great game. And the Lions, we wish them continued success besides this weekend. And I'm sure we'll talk to you again. Yeah, appreciate you guys for having me, man. Seriously, appreciate it. And good luck this weekend. Not too much luck, though. We, we got to get this. Same to you. Thank Same you, you Jeff. Jeff. That is Jeff Iafrady. Covers all things Detroit sports and host of the Crunch Time podcast with Jeff Iafrady and Boone. Got to get to a break. When we get back, I had a story yesterday about something that happened. Chris might one-up oh, me with this story it's that wild. whatever happened to him in the Bay, if you, <laughs> if, you weren't, if you haven't been listening since the beginning of the show, Chris had to tell the morning show and the morning show producer, so I stepped out of the room. So I am hearing the story live with you because I want to react on air to whatever the heck happened last That's night insane. in San Francisco. We also discussed De'Aaron Fox. You want the De'Aaron Fox ones? Well, they're coming out this fall. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Thank you again to Jeff Iafrady, who covers all things Detroit sports and host of the Crunch Time podcast with Jeff Iafrady and Boone. Jeff kept it real. He's got the Niners. What did he have them? 30 to 23. And I believe the line last time I checked was seven and a half. Mm. So that sounds about right then. Do what you need to do at your own will. Right. Yeah, right. Chris and I will give our picks before the show is over we have something here from lions dc aaron glenn on brock purdy just from watching the tape he's highly competitive he understands that it's not about him it's about the masses of the whole team he understands he has really good players around him and his job is to deliver the ball to those good players and he's doing it at a very very high level you see that once he hits his back foot that ball is out he so he understands timing When you have that, and listen, I'm not comparing him to Joe Montana, but you see those traits as far as once he hits the back foot, the ball is out. A lot of offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches like that because of the timing. He fits that system very well, and he's doing a really good job at it. Okay, yeah. I think we can can live with that, right? I mean, you definitely got to live with it. It reminds me of Joe Montana comp. Yeah, he said this, you know, it's it's similar. It reminds me of... Shades of. There was somebody, it was a, I think it was once, it, it was after the Ravens game, I believe, after they obviously, the, the Niners yes. lost, right? And yes. those picks that weren't Brock's fault, according to what I was told. And it was, it was the term that Brock is a spot thrower. Mm-hmm. And, and even last game, I think that LaFleur 
I'm not saying that there's a book out on Brock because I don't think there can be a book out on Brock. Shout out Patrick Peterson. Pa- shout out Patrick Peterson. I don't think there can be a book out on Brock if he continues to make throws because of Kyle Shanahan. That's how I feel. Because if you are a spot thrower who can deliver the football, the defense isn't really trying to beat you. Unless they pressure you, Mm -hmm. right? It's about you missing your spot spot and Mm -hmm. throwing that timing off. Because if you're hitting your spot based on Kyle Shanahan scheming that spot, good luck. Right, so right. it's you it's, just gotta really be confident in your timing as a defender. Yes, and that's Jumping what the routes. Ravens essentially yeah. did, and right. the Ravens with Brock, who's not terribly undersized, but he's not oversized by any stretch of the imagination. Got hands in the passing lanes and yeah. batted balls down, and yeah, it, the more I think about that that Packers game, it was a really bizarre game. It was really weird. Yeah, I mean, Until and then the you throw the rain end. on top of it as well. It just felt like they never really gotten to the rhythm that they wanted to get mm-hmm. into. It was, it was definitely not played at, you know, I mean, obviously the game script probably didn't go the way that they wanted it to, but, uh, I, you know, the important thing is they survived and advanced. And, I, you know, as Jeff put it uh, there, I, I don't think that the Lions will present nearly the same challenge that the Packers did because I think you even said earlier in the week, it's a great point, with the Packers being so young, I mean, what are young defenses going to do? They're going to fly around. They're Mm going to fly around all over the place. And I just, I can't see this Lions defense being nearly as active and making plays. If anything, I could see them thinking that they uh, are in a good position and then ultimately putting themselves in a worse position. Like they're that bad of a defense. Yeah. They're going to have to take some chances. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Probably going to get risks. I mean, yeah. Yes. And they're probably not going to work out. (laughs) No. They're probably going to get burned. All right. We had okay. it was a it was a continue and I don't even know if this is wet blanket per se. This is it's just a great not. it's a great story from Chris. Like I said, I have not heard the story. Yeah. I am incredibly excited. Yes. I am going to turn my mic off and simply listen to what yes. happened. So what the <laughs> heck happened, man? It what was happened? hilarious. It was quite a time, uh, and Frankie got a new nickname out of it. So uh, you're definitely going to want to wait for that one. So we park uh, Colton. By the way. Chase Center parking is a joke, mm-hmm. as in it does not exist. There is yeah. no parking dedicated for Chase Center. Uh, so saying that to say we had to park off-site, um, I will also say I'm not going to give the exact location to which we park because I don't want it out there and yeah. having everybody park there, and I don't want to potentially ruin uh, that being a future spot for us. Great. <laughs> I will say that this spot is located near a – a general public facility that if, you know, if, if, if anything was going wrong, that public facility would definitely be able to take care of any situation. So okay. I say all that to say the game is over. Harrison Barnes, 39 points. We're yeah. losing our mind. Me, Frankie, and Brendan walk into the car uh, to, to go uh, back to SAC. And this is about, I don't know, 11 o'clock or so. Mm-hmm. So we're walking. Uh, it's in a parking garage. We walk to the parking garage, walk up to uh, the entrance of the garage. There's, you know, the elevator and the stairs uh, are to our right. Elevator's right in front of us. A woman comes uh, from in front of the elevator. It looked like she was just talking with somebody, maybe possibly was with somebody. Uh, walks over straight to us and asks us, hey, can uh, can I use one of your guys' phones? Already a situation where Oof. nobody wants to, even if this person has the best of intentions, even if they're in a nun outfit, like I, I don't really want to give anybody my phone. Uh, so as all of these things are going through my head, I'm trying to think, how do I get out of there? Our guy, Frankie Cardicelli, Frankie, Franco no. Cardo, so quick. No. This dude got it. He says, 
Yeah, no, we have company phones. Sorry, we can't we can't like loan them out. We can't have random people using them. As he says it, the second Frankie is done talking, he darts for those stairs. The stairs are on our right. This woman's coming from the elevator. Frankie darts, like beeline right for the stairs. She didn't like that. She definitely did not like that. She felt like uh, we were kind of blowing her off a bit. And, uh, you know, there's possibilities that she was slightly unstable. Sure. Um, and you'll figure out more about that in a second. So Frankie darts for the stairs. Me and Brendan are still kind of a bit like, now do we have to have an excuse or should we just, we just kind of follow Frankie. Right. Frank starts kind of putting some hustle in it because he's trying to, you know, get get away from the situation. Me and Brendan are about five steps back. We start walking up the stairs and she starts following us. She starts following us up the stairs the entire time. She's like, you're such a, <laughs> first off, as Frank's walking up, she's like, oh, is he your dictator? Is he your dictator? And I'm just like, I don't know what to say to that. So I just keep it pushing. And she's like, this dweeb, this dweeb is your dictator. Tell your dweeb friend. You're just going to go listen to him. Okay. Oh, no. She then starts as we continue to go, we're on the fourth floor. So we continue to go up and around and around these steps. Uh, Frank is at this point, he's skipping steps. He's way ahead of us. Uh, I'm taking my time because I am like, she's right behind me. I'm right. like, if I start running or like going with pace, I don't want her to chase us. Uh -huh. I don't want this to get escalated at all. So I'm chilling. I'm taking step by step. She's berating Frank dweeb insinuating, uh, you know, he's she she's she's throwing some accusations sure, out there sure. uh and, and just just letting Frankie have it. Now all I'm telling her is you're really not helping your case. Like you're not You like, said that to yeah, her. Yeah, I did. I said that to her. You said that to her. And she was like, I mean, and then we finally get to the fourth floor. Uh she's still right behind me. She's like, Oh, I'm uh, like, give me your phone. Are you serious? Like, again, I need help. And I'm like, Look, we just walked up four flights of stairs, and you're just now saying you need help. You have not once said right. what exactly this help is for. And again, I cannot stress, there is a very public place that she could have gone mm -hmm. if she really needed to make a phone call, and this mm -hmm. was an actual emergency. You have no idea what's going on in San Francisco. You don't right. know if it's someone trying to steal your phone and just run off. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if there's about to be somebody else who comes around a corner or something like that. Uh, so Frank goes in the car. He Locks the door, puts the, you know, Frankie's there so fast. Like, by the time me and Brendan get to the floor we're on, Frankie's already in the vehicle. She's still behind us. So as me and Brendan walk to our car, she kind of gives up a bit, goes, walks off. I'm going to have to speed up the story a little bit. Point is, we get in the car. Brendan doesn't quite have the right sense of urgency. He right. thinks she's gone. Brendan starts the car up. She hears it, turns back around, runs up to Brendan's car, slaps the windows, drags it. Again, I think she said... Uh, you look like a girl. It was talking what? to Frankie. Frankie was just getting absolutely abused. <laughs> Shout out my guy, Frankie. But just getting railed, abused. This woman slaps on Brendan's windows, streaks all over the car, just continuing to yell at Frankie. She chases our car. We go up just to get away mm -hmm. from her, not towards the exit. We think she's going to hide. She just waits there. She literally waits in the middle of the parking garage so we can't get around right, her. right. We turn around, head towards the exit. She's standing right in the middle. She's like, she looks like Joker in, in, in Dark Knight. She's like, hit me, hit me, hit me. Oh, no. <laughs> like, this is not going to end well. So, thankfully, Brendan just kind of skirts by her a bit. She gets one last slap on the door. Uh, we thankfully get out of there. But it, long story short, it was uh, 
it was wild. And uh, our guy Frankie, wow. the dweeb of the century, just just got absolutely wow. verbally abused. I was mean, that I, is that his wow. new nickname? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, the dweeb. Yeah. I would have hit her with yeah. the. Ejecto <laughs> Wow. HB got people acting different out there. That's okay. HB crazy. scores thirty nine once, and she was like, "Give me a phone." Like, I need to call That's somebody. Nuts. Okay, there's no way this man just dropped 39 in San Francisco. The full moon, you guys. The full telling moon. You, yeah, the, the werewolves moon. are out. I'm telling you. That is insane. It was nuts. It was uh, it was a little nuts. There was no security because in the I bet, or nothing. Because you're not necessarily scared. I was about to yell help. I told him I was going to yell. No. <laughs> like, it was going to be a little bit of a joke, but also it was, I mean, like, never it would have been pretty funny is, to see, like, is, three guys, this woman chasing us right, upstairs, right. You'd and get I'm the one clown. yelling, You'd all get clamped. You'd Must all be get nice. Biggest, Must be nice. I'm the oh, biggest well, guy of Frankie, Brendan, all of them, and I'm the one no, yelling help. No, you can't yell help. <laughs> That's crazy. It was wild. It was definitely wild. Uh, we did have to stop at a gas station, so we did get Brendan's car all cleaned up. But she was uh, she was adamant about that phone call, and I I hope no one else had to had to get chased Jeez. up and down the uh, up and down the uh, the garage. It was no uh, rules were broken. None, none were. But I was right. definitely thinking like if this like if this is about to not go down, but like I got it. If this thing, if something goes wrong, she got a pocket knife or something. Like what? What, right. what am, I, am I just am I done? What if like, she just slits the tires or calling me, Alan, come get me. <laughs> I I I. There was a lot of things going That's through my head at that insane. time. That's uh, insane. Yeah. So thankfully we uh, we made it back. I think we got home. 115, 130-ish. Well, you probably and, uh, booked it. I was just waiting for she finds a car. No, thankfully she did not. She but like, car, as she was in the middle, you. I was like, definitely again, my the thought crossed my mind of because she was kind of like waving us, like the like the people at the yeah, airport yeah. who are waving the the uh, the planes in. I was like, is there about to we about to turn the corner and someone's gonna be there again? Like I was like, I don't because she was she. I mean, she was clearly losing her mind sure. at that point. I just I didn't know what to expect, and I was like, we might not make it back home. Wow, Simone, put it on the poll. Will you let a a stranger borrow your phone. No, and this okay. is why you just don't. Shout wow. out Frankie, who was just the he dictator, could not have been more the ready. dweeb dictator, the dweeb Frankie. Dictator. Wow, that is outstanding. Mm. That is not what I thought yes. you were, yeah. the story was going to yes. be, but it, it checks out. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. that checks out. Shout out, shout out, San Francisco. All right, just got to get, got to get to a break. When we get back, Chris asks the questions: Why do the schedule makers hate the Kings? Sal's and Watkins, Sacktown Sports.